Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, Kevin Spacey had a really, really bad week. A federal judge blocked Donald Trump's ban on transgender service members in the U.S. military. Marriage equality documentary Freedom to Marry is now on Netflix. The first openly gay winner of The Voice Australia has released a marriage equality anthem. All that and more on this episode of The Randy Report. It's hard to overstate what a bad week it's been for Academy Award-winning actor Kevin Spacey, and many would say deservedly so. The week began with Anthony Rapp, the star of Broadway's Rent, and who's currently appearing in CBS All Access' Star Trek Discovery, telling BuzzFeed that in light of the stream of women coming forward in the ongoing Harvey Weinstein sexual harassment chronicles, he felt the need to come forward about his own story of unwanted sexual advances. And the perpetrator was Kevin Spacey. It seems in the 1980s, the two actors were both appearing on Broadway at the same time. Spacey in Long Day's Journey into Night and Rap in Precious Sons. Rap was 14 years old at the time. Spacey, 26 years old, had met Rap at several post-show celebrations as the award season had begun and he invited Rap to a party at his home. Rap went to the party alone without telling his mother. But upon realizing no other people his age were in attendance, he found himself alone watching TV in a bedroom. Here's Rap's account of what happened next via BuzzFeed. At some point, Rap said he turned to see Spacey standing at the bedroom door. And that's when he first realized that everyone else had left the party. They were alone. Quote, My memory was that I thought, oh, everybody's gone. Well, yeah, I should probably go home, Rap said. Spacey, he recalled, sort of stood in the doorway, kind of swaying. My impression when he came in the room was that he was drunk. Rap doesn't remember Spacey saying anything to him. Instead, Rap says, he picked me up like a groom picks up a bride over the threshold. But I don't like squirm away initially because I'm like, hey, what's going on? And then he lays down on top of me. He was trying to seduce me, Rap said. I don't know if I would have used that language, but I was aware that he was trying to get with me sexually. Rap recalled this all happening, Spacey at the door, coming into the room, picking him up, putting him on the bed, in one clumsy action, with Spacey landing at a slight angle on top of him. He said Spacey was, quote, like pressing into me, and that he remembers Spacey tightening his arms. But while he can't recall exactly how long Spacey remained on top of him, Rap said he was able to squirm away after a short period. It was a frozen moment, Rapp said, of the entire encounter, with a deep, exasperated sigh. In terms of fight or flight or freeze, I tend to freeze. After pushing Spacey off of him, Rapp remembered he was able to step into the bathroom and close the door. I was like, what is happening, he said. I saw on the counter next to the sink a picture of him with his arm around a man. So I think on some level I was like, oh, he's gay, I guess. 
Then I opened the door and I was like, okay, I'm going to go home now. He followed me to the front door of the apartment and as I opened the door to leave, he was leaning on the front door frame and he was like, are you sure you want to go? And I said, yes, good night. And then I did leave. As he walked home, Rap said, my head was spinning. I have a memory of turning around and thinking, what was that? What am I supposed to do with it? What does it mean? Well, just hours after the explosive allegations were published by BuzzFeed, Spacey responded via Twitter wherein he said he didn't recall the encounter, but apologized to Rap. Quote, but if I did behave then as he describes, I owe him the sincerest apology for what would have been deeply inappropriate drunken behavior, Spacey wrote. In the same message, Spacey, who has long danced around gay rumors, picked this as the time to come out. Writing, quote, This story has encouraged me to address other things about my life. I know that there are other stories out there about me, and some have been fueled by the fact that I've been so protective of my privacy. He also acknowledged for the first time publicly that, quote, I now choose to live as a gay man, end quote. On top of the sexual assault dodge, Spacey's decision to come out in the middle of pedophilia allegations angered much of the LGBT community, including the idea that Spacey chooses to live as a gay man. As we all know, sexuality is not a choice we make. His coming out amid the salacious allegations made it seem like he was finally playing his come-out-as-gay card, and the gays were not having it. Comedian Billy Eichner tweeted, Kevin Spacey has just invented something that has never existed before. A bad time to come out. Richard Lawson, who writes for Vanity Fair, tweeted, Coming out as a gay man is not the same thing as coming out as someone who preyed on a 14-year-old. Conflating those things is disgusting. This exposes the gay community to a million tired old criticisms and conspiracies. The distance we've had to walk to get away from the notion that we're all pedophiles is significant. And sure enough, far-right conservatives jumped right on it. WorldNet Daily, an ultra-conservative publication, had one of its writers pin a story about how Kevin Spacey's story is just the tip of the iceberg for that myth of, quote, all gay men are pedophiles. Thanks a lot, Kevin Spacey. The fallout over the story continued over the entire week. Even though production had already begun on the sixth season of House of Cards, Netflix quickly announced the next season would be its last. The streaming network emphasized the decision had actually been made months before. The next day, Netflix hit pause on production for the upcoming season. In a statement, the company said MRC and Netflix have decided to suspend production on House of Cards Season 6 until further notice to give us time to review the current situation and address any concerns of our cast and crew. There are now rumors of a possible spin-off series starring one of the other lead actors. Thursday, news came that Spacey had actually been dropped by both his talent agents at CAA and his publicist amid the allegations. Several more people have since come forward with allegations of sexual assault and harassment since then, including eight people who have worked on House of Cards. On Friday, Netflix announced the network will not be associated with any version of House of Cards that includes Kevin Spacey. Also on Friday... Scotland Yard opened an investigation into the actor in response to an allegation that he sexually assaulted a male thespian in London. Additionally, a Gore Vidal biopic planned by Netflix to star Spacey has been shelved. 
Reading the almost continuous stream of folks who say they were assaulted by Spacey over the years, you also hear the people claim that this was not a big secret and that many folks in Hollywood were aware of Spacey's unwanted advances. This is still a developing story, so I don't want to pronounce any verdicts here, but stay tuned because I have a feeling there's more to come of this. On Monday, a federal judge has effectively blocked Donald Trump's proposed ban on transgender service members in the military, saying the ban was, quote, driven by a desire to express disapproval of transgender people generally, end quote. As I've reported here before, on July 26, Trump issued a statement via Twitter announcing that the United States government will not accept or allow transgender individuals to serve in any capacity in the U.S. military. A presidential memorandum later required the military to remove transgender service members by authorizing their discharge no later than March 23, 2018. Well, U.S. District Judge Colleen kohler Catelli ruled Monday that transgender members of the military who had sued over the change were likely to win their lawsuit and barred the Trump administration from reversing course. The judge said in her October 30th opinion that the president's directives are, quote, not genuinely based on legitimate concerns regarding military effectiveness or budget constraints, but are instead driven by a desire to express disapproval of transgender people generally, end quote. You'll recall that it was in June 2016 when then-Defense Secretary Ash Carter announced that transgender individuals could serve openly for the first time. Prior to that, most trans service members had been forced to keep their status secret to avoid being discharged. Since Carter's policy change, some 200 troops have openly declared their status as transgender individuals. Carter had given the military services until July 1st of 2017 to develop plans for allowing transgender individuals to openly enlist in the military. But just before that date, current Defense Secretary Jim Mattis extended the study period to the end of this year. And it was just after that that Trump tweeted about the total ban. In August, Defense Secretary Mattis announced that the transgender soldiers already in the military could continue to serve while experts studied the issue. Trump has claimed that it's the costs of transgender military that is the issue. But experts and studies show trans service members only cost between $2.4 and $8.4 million in health care costs. Contrast that with over $40 million spent in 2015 alone on Viagra by the military. That same year, the total U.S. military budget was a whopping $597 billion. So you can imagine that $2.4 to $8.4 million is less than a tenth of 1%. This is not something that you could barely even eke out of a military budget. If we can afford $40 million for erectile dysfunction, we can certainly afford an average of around 5 or $6 million on good transgender soldiers who have stepped up to defend the country they love. I want to make sure you know that the award-winning documentary, The Freedom to Marry, is now available for viewing on Netflix. The film is a War Room-style feature documentary about the movement for marriage for same-sex couples from the final frenetic months of the legal and grassroots campaign. 
The Freedom to Marry has already played in 75 cities, played at dozens of film festivals, won 10 Best Documentary Prizes, been translated into 10 languages, and has gotten rave reviews from the Boston Globe to Entertainment Weekly. If you haven't seen it already, and you have Netflix, this is your chance to see the untold story of one of the most successful civil rights movements of our time. I highly recommend it. And in music news, Alfie R. Curie, the first openly gay winner of The Voice Australia, says his new single, Love is Love, is meant to be an anthem for marriage equality, as the current vote-by-mail survey on same-sex marriage comes to a close. In releasing the single, R. Curie said, I'm a strong advocate for the gay and lesbian community, and I perform and dedicate my time wherever and however I can. With the marriage equality debate currently underway in Australia, I wanted to write an uplifting anthem as the campaign so far has been quite emotionally taxing on the community. I believe love has no boundaries. It transcends gender, age, sexuality, class, ethnicity, and race and everyone should have the right to love whoever they want. End quote. The mail-in survey closes this coming November 7th, and the results are to be made public on November 15th. Political leaders have promised to move swiftly to change marriage laws should the pro-marriage equality side win. Polls have shown the yes vote getting about 60% of the vote. Fingers crossed. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you click the subscribe button on my page on iTunes, and then every time I upload a new episode, it'll be sent straight to you automatically. Also, I constantly see folks asking friends on social media for podcast recommendations, and we love it when folks spread the word about this here news magazine podcast. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I report on the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. I'm going to close with just a bit of Alfie R. Curie's Love is Love. I highly recommend you head over to iTunes or Amazon or any digital download site and buy it. Support our own kids. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. We are a sea of colors Lighting up the sky on your darkest night We are a sea of lovers With hopeful eyes that shine so bright Pushing out against the tide A sea of change our love will reign Stand strong with open hearts you got nothing to hide, just keep your pride Let's go back to the start, to our innocent hearts Take me back to the start, to our innocent hearts Innocent hearts